Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This crowd rises to its feet. But Carl slammed it home. Garland left wing, three ball. Perfect. Garland in of the lane, locked. The only pow. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. Pow with the left hand and a foul. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Chase Down is presented by Fubo TV. Watch over 100 channels of live sports and TV for half the cost of cable. There's no contract and no commitment. Try for free at FuboTV.com. It is a beautiful day for Canada and therefore the world. Tristan Thompson is back on the Cleveland Cavaliers. And joining me today to discuss it is my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy? Not the angle I thought you were going when you were about when you were celebrating Canada. What a swerveroo. Oh, I, I was going to get there. Don't you worry. Uh, Canada, of course, won the bronze medal over the United States in basketball. Uh, big win in the World Cup. Arguably the largest win in Canadian basketball history. That's that's right up there, man. But I just Tristan Thompson being back on the Cleveland Cavaliers has to take precedent, even over that. Because at the end of the day, as much as I, I love my country and I love Canadian basketball, Tristan was a big part of that at the start. Um, I, I think, you know, when I've watched some of the coverage talking about every kind of version of the Canadian national team, Tristan was one of those first guys that first started being with the program, uh, that was NBA caliber that kept showing up summer after summer. And, uh, to have, you know, Canada win on Sunday, which I had to watch on delay because there's no way I was getting up that early, especially after a banjo bowl win um to to watch that in the morning and then to have tristan uh back with the cleveland cavaliers it's just it's surreal and and i could not be more excited yeah um sorry you caught me in the middle of a drink there Um, sorry (laughs) it's all good buddy uh yeah i mean it's just really really exciting uh it's it's exactly what the the kind of veteran signing that you know you thought they might make with that final roster spot um it, it was it's uh you know he he was out of the league last year it's got to be noted oh nice to see the jersey buddy um you know out of the league for most of last year but then ends up signing with the lakers right during the stretch run um you know uh i thought gave them some good minutes uh against denver when he was called on which was like everyone was like really you know um the fact that they kind of had to go to him was probably not the best indicator but um you know like i i don't know if i don't think he's a rotation guy for this team um but like 
I do think he's got a little more juice in the tank than some of these, uh, you know, end of bench bigs the Cavs have had the last couple years. And it's just nice to have him back, you know? Like, it stunk with the departure of uh, of Kevin, like, losing that last connection to the title team. So, like, getting that back, I mean, how could you complain? Yeah, it's great to have him back. I think it's worth noting he's three years younger than Robin Lopez. Like you said, he gave them some decent minutes against Denver. Um, also gave them good minutes in that Warriors series as well. I, I saw some of the immediate reaction of this, which was like, well, you know, like if the Cavs need to throw someone in there for rebounding uh, in the playoffs or whatever, like I, I feel good with Tristan. And I, as much as I'm excited about this signing, I don't think that's kind of what the potential role is here. Like, I, I think plan A and B is obviously Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. And then it's uh, Damian much, much, much before Tristan Thompson, because Damian is a seven foot, 250 pound behemoth. And I, I think, you know, you, you have real hopes for what he can be in the rotation. Um, but I, I do think if you are in an emergency situation, um, having someone like Tristan Thompson that you can potentially go to is nice. But I, I think the real value is going to be off the court. And, and I think, you know, you can have off the court leadership with guys that, you know, have been there before that are able to kind of imp uh, give wisdom to the younger players on the team. But I think just having Tristan in there in practice, you know, someone that's really going to push um, Mobley and Allen, uh, you fight for those offensive rebounds like like he does, give that kind of effort, be someone in the film room, someone that's going to hold them accountable. Uh, we, we've seen even with LeBron, he was one of the few guys that would yell right back at LeBron and say, no, you're in the wrong spot defensively. Um, like, I, I think all of that has a lot of value in it. I, I think that's primarily what we're getting here. Um, but from a sentimental standpoint, this is something that, you know, just tugs right at my heartstrings. Yeah. And, you know, he was, I, you know, it's impossible to know, you know, what kind of leader someone is, um, you know, off the court, you know, if you, if you're not able to watch, but you know, someone dredged up a clip from uh, his last year in Cleveland where he's like telling Darius, you know, you can see him literally dragging Darius to his spot on an ATO. Yeah. Uh, down the stretch of a game and then pointing at Sexton, no, telling him where to go. Like, <laughs> just, you know, one of the only guys who really had know-how um, uh, left on those teams uh, at, in the in the post-LeBron era. So, uh, you know, I, I, very special place in, in our hearts. You know, he's a guy who, you know, helped us win a finals game. You know, you I was playing highlights of his game six uh, in 2016 where he was legitimately the second best player on the court, just absolutely ruined Golden State's life um on the boards and was really you know i think that's it's our boy david zavak who always says like you know we, the warriors had this death lineup and no one there was nothing to be done about it and then tristan thompson came yeah. you know and he was really successfully switching onto steph switching on to clay um gumming up actions punishing them for playing small punishing them for playing draymond at the five um, you know, and I watched uh, all those game six highlights, um, uh, yesterday when the, when the signing was first reported and, you know, just so many times where he was just carving out position, carving out advantages, sealing off, uh, those golden state, uh, help defenders. So LeBron or Kyrie could have a clean, uh, look at the rim. Um, you know, just a true talent, you know, I think, uh, I, I will always have a soft spot for him because we had to defend him so vociferously after that contract the following summer when every when a bunch of you know maroons who didn't understand how the cap worked uh were losing their minds and 
you know, and here we are again in another summer like that, where the nobody is used to these contract numbers and everybody's yep. overreacting to everything. Yep. So, uh, you know, I, I'm very, very fond of the guy. You know, I think once he started getting hurt, it was a little bit hard. You know, it was hard for him to overcome like that, you know, 10, 15 percent loss of athleticism as he got older. But again, as you mentioned, he's still a young guy. I still think he has utility in the right matchup. Um, and uh, and I think off the court, he certainly is going to be on those guys about their box outs. And I hope he's on the whole freaking team about the way they're they're rebounding because i thought this was a poor gang rebounding team and uh they just added you know the best rebounder in the history of the franchise you know right up there um at least on the offensive end he was um uh and and obviously the statistics don't bear that out for like raw volume but i mean he's certainly up there it's kind of funny that on, on the last podcast i was talking about how tristan was you know in 2015 a 75th percentile defensive rebounder and then his defensive rebounding got up to basically kind of where evan mobley's was last year like not even where jared allen's is so that's why it's kind of funny when you hear okay well like he'll go in there and clean up on the boards kind of thing his contributions really did come on the offensive glass more than the defensive but it also just kind of goes to show you which ties into conversations we've had in the past this summer about how it really is a team effort because having Kevin Love, who was such a good defensive rebounder, having LeBron James, that was such a good rebounder. Kyrie was able to get boards every now and then, right? JR. Um, it was always a team effort. So you never really felt, okay, like his individual defensive rebounding is good, but not great. That never really came up in an individual series. But uh, I definitely think uh, having him there, you know, um, attacking the offensive glass in practice, showing these guys how to set good screens and whatnot, um, that, that's going to make a big, big impact. And you said it, it's hard to kind of assess what somebody's leadership value is. But you also, I, I dug up the, the story that uh, Chris Fedor had written uh, the year after Tristan had left when he was in Boston. And Darius was crediting him for texting him every single day saying, hey, you need to be more assertive, like keep your head up, be be aggressive, take those shots. When you come up over half court, be ready to pull. Getting If in I his just ear- had Darius's number, I'd be sending the same text as Tristan Thompson. <laughs> right. But like Tristan was someone that was still invested in. And that was Darius's, you know, second year in the league. Uh, Tristan had, had left at that point, but was still there to kind of provide that kind of mentorship. So that to me is exciting. Um I, I, I do want to ask, like, there is opportunity cost. Like, they do have one right. remaining roster spot. However, it's pretty unlikely they're going to fill it, given how close they are to the tax. Um, and, you know, like, I probably wouldn't fill it if I were them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just based on, you know, the what the benefits of being a non-taxpayer uh, kind of yield. Um, so, like, is there a degree of opportunity cost of, like, because you did mention... Like their backup center is Evan Mobley and mm-hmm. their third string center is Damian Jones. So like yep. they're adding a, a fourth or a fifth big here. Yes, there's sentimental value. Yes, there's off the court stuff. But like, would you have rather seen them go in the direction of adding someone who maybe had a little more upside or, you know, maybe who has had a little bit more, you know, rotational utility? Yeah, like when we were talking about what we wanted to see with this last roster spot, because even though there is one more open, this is functionally the last roster spot. If you look at the reporting around the team, what I really wanted was a four, right? Like more of a four or five, someone that can go out there and play alongside Mobley and Allen. And Tristan is certainly not that. 
Um, so there is an opportunity cost in that sense. When you talk about upside signings, that I don't really feel because they have three two-way contracts, right? And I, I think it's important to remember that those guys can go out there and, and play if need be, right? Like Diakite played quite a few games on a two-way contract last year. And if anybody is going to get kind of developmental opportunities or, hey, you know, we have a couple injuries and there's a good chance for you to, to get some reps here, I would like that to go to either Isaiah Mobley, Amani Bates, or Craig Porter Jr., like to me, those three are far more interesting than anything that's left on the free agent market. Uh, like you look at campaign at this point, looking what he did with Phoenix last year, third string point guard is probably where we're at. And if we're talking third string point guard minutes, I would like, you know, Craig Porter Jr. to, to get that call up. I, I'd like to see what he can do in those opportunities. But, you know, it, ideally, if there was a power forward that I felt good about that could play alongside uh, Mobley and Allen, uh, like maybe a Markeith Morris um, or, or uh, a TJ Warren, something like that. There, there definitely would have been an appeal for that. When you talk about developmental type players, I'd rather stick with what we have in-house because there's only so many developmental reps to go around and there's so many young, interesting players already on this team. Yeah, it's funny. Like my kind of, I went through this process after the signing. First, I was kind of, I was excited. I was geeked. I thought it was, it was really, you know, I, I am a sentimental man, uh, after all. Mm-hmm. However, then I then I did think to the opportunity cost and you know, yeah, maybe a guy like a TJ Warren who like you might take a reclamation shot on yep. to see if he's got anything left at a position of need. You know, they don't have a ton of wing of big wing shot creation, so you kind of think, oh, maybe you try that. But then I kind of go back to like, man, this is their thirteenth or fourteenth man. <laughs> They're just not going to have room. So, yeah. like, it's either a guy, like, you know, if they signed a TJ Warren uh, or and Warren wanted minutes, then you know, you're just kind of kind of shooting yourself in the foot from a locker room perspective. Yeah. Um, it probably then, comes at the expense of minutes for guys like Isaac Okoro. Yeah, and then you think about some of the upside guys. You know, you think of the Usman Gurubas of the world who, you know, Twitter loves. And I'm interested in as a guy, but, like, you know at that point kind of goes back to then I feel like you kind of talked me out of that with like, would I rather see Usman Garuba get minutes developmentally or would I rather just see Isaiah Mobley get him? Like, I I'd just rather see the guy who's already in the house Yeah. that I, that I, you know, think there's some potential for. So I think it, I think ultimately going veteran is not a bad choice, you know, and really like no matter what they picked, it was going to be their fourth or fifth wing, their fourth or fifth point guard, their fourth or fifth, yeah, center. It just so they kind of just chose to load up on bigs. And by the way, that's a good idea. Bigs get hurt more. <laughs> like bigs, yeah. bigs are carrying around a lot of mass. They they need time off. They need to play less minutes in a game. Uh, and you know, like I'll bet we're gonna have a game or two where Tristan, you know, gets called into duty. And you know, the one nice thing about Tristan Thompson, you're always gonna freaking notice him. <laughs> like you're definitely going to you notice know, him. He's not just going to blend in. Uh, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna do what he does. He's gonna do it loud, and it's either gonna go well or it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I think, like kind of a a marginally high variance uh, fourth center uh, feels pretty good to me, you know. And uh, I I think like he's a guy who's gonna eat some fouls for you, uh, give you something different to look at. You know, JB really likes to have those guys that you can go, hey this one particular part of the game is not working for us. Let, let me bring in a specialist. 
Yeah. Um. So so I I think I think it's I think it is a perfectly defensible signing. The fact that he also won us a title does not hurt uh, in terms of my appeal uh, there. Yeah, and, and if you're talking reclamation projects, right? Like, how many of them are more interesting than just giving Dean Wade minutes if he's healthy? Which yep. it does sound like he he's getting more healthy. If you're talking developmental opportunities, how much? How many are more interesting than Isaiah Mobley? Like, that's the thing to always keep in mind. One that the starting roster at training camp isn't what you're going into the playoffs with. If you need to make an adjustment midseason, you can, and you can promote isaiah mobley right like i i I think he's more of a four or five than than a center um so i'd really be interested in in seeing him get reps maybe um things change depending on the situation with ricky rubio right that like that could have an impact on on the cast financials and and the roster spots so um this is all fluid but i do like bringing interest in as much as we said the passing of the torch from a leadership standpoint has to go to the young core and i still firmly believe that's the case I do think, you know, having a veteran presence that can give advice, someone that you can lean on, that helps you develop as a leader as well, right? Like Darius and Donovan are going to be probably uh, two of the loudest voices in the locker room there. They're going to be the guys running the offense, but having a veteran with championship experience, someone that you can bounce ideas off of, someone that you can uh, help point things out in the film room, that is an asset to these guys, right? And even someone that's just going to call out if they're being too quiet, if Jared Allen's not talking on defense, you can guarantee yourself that Tristan Thompson's going to be talking there. But he's going to be a great. He's uh, much like he was for uh, for the Lakers last year. Going to be a great bench reaction guy. Oh, I can't wait for them. I we we need to get some gifts out of that. We we need to get some gifts out of that, and I'm going to use them all. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Carter. We got to move on to the next thing I'm excited about. That, that's Canada. Oh, which, Canada. You know what? It 
in a roundabout way, beating Jalen Brunson in the bronze medal game felt good for me. It was cathartic, even though RJ Barrett played barely any role in that win. Um, it was a lot of fun uh, seeing Canada win against the U.S. Obviously, we won't dive into that game, but I just want to get your thoughts on how much you enjoyed FIBA overall, because I, I did see you live tweeting a lot of the games and, and you seem to enjoy it, but I, I, I want to get your thoughts here. It's my dorkiest uh, thing. You know, it's like when you tell your buddies that you're excited for a Cavaliers game, you know, like in Columbus, not a big, big Cavs town, you know, it's obviously Buckeye fever. You know, people are like, oh, they're happy for you. But when you're like, when you're, when you're hitting up your coworkers and be like, I'm going to be a little late to the meeting. Brazil, Canada is coming down to the stretch. You get some eye rolls. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I'd love it. It's uh, I love FIBA basketball. I love um, how, I love how the style kind of flattens things out a little bit, you know, um, and continuity and skill are rewarded. Um, you know, uh, as I've said a billion times, I am predisposed to basketball geniuses, and there's just a lot of really smart basketball players who are not athletic enough to be in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And uh, you get to see a lot of those guys play this kind of basketball. Um, and the, and their skill sets are so rewarded. Um, uh, I, I I really loved watching, you know, that Brazil Canada game, which we talked about last week, which was just like, you know, just a lot of guys who have played together for a while, playing for national pride, uglying up the game, really confounding, uh, you know, this Canadian team full of NBA players. And you know, it's funny that Can Canada U.S. game kind of just felt like everyone was like. Finally, we just get to play like normal basketball again. <laughs> I know what you do, Dylan Brooks. Yeah. Just get buckets. Yeah. And so like to that end, like I just feel like, um, yeah, stylistically, it's a blast. I love how freaking competitive it is. You know, I among there are individual American players. I certainly have dogged, you know, hi, JJJ. You got to get a rebound, buddy. Um, uh, and certain guys just clearly weren't fits for the international game. But like. It's funny, like, I don't think that this American team was particularly untalented. Um, they had plenty of all-NBA caliber players on the roster. They had specialists. They had shooters. They had defenders. They had, you know, positional size. I just think the the world has just gotten so darn good at basketball that the continuity and style change means that you can't talent your way to wins, even if that talent makes some sense you know this isn't like 2004 where stefan marbury and um alan iverson are your starting backcourt like there was shooting there was there was toughness there was you know there was good playmakers on the floor that were good at passing out of a pick and roll um it's just like you just got to be really really good you can't give up you got to bring players who can play this kind of game you know mm -hmm. and that's where like i think that's where they kind of I don't know about what went wrong because, like, the problem is American bigs, there's just a real dearth of them. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like, I honestly probably would have played Walker Kessler a little more than they did, even though he's very young, just because, like, man, you just look at Jaron Jackson and he can't stay on the floor and he can't secure rebounds and in possessions. And it it's just really hard to win that way, especially since no one was really guarding his jump shot. Yeah, um, and even it, just alongside Jaron, right? Like someone that lets him play his more natural position of power forward, that roaming defensive role that he's so good at, 
Um, maybe that helps kind of mitigate his foul trouble when he's the last line of defense because he just can't help but foul. Um, and, and it also was kind of unfortunate for him too because it did seem like throughout the whole tournament it's pretty clear that Halliburton was the better of the two point guards, but Brunson kind of got the nod because of yep. veteran leadership. And I feel like Jaron gets his game off better offensively alongside a guard like Halliburton, you know, that's able to kind of run the pick and roll a little more. Whereas Jalen Brunson, like... He's uh, a floor general. He's kind of more in that Fred Van Vliet style yeah, of point guard. He's a bucket getter. Yeah, he, he's a bucket getter. And, you know, when he's feeding a big man, it's dumping the ball to Randall and he's going to go ISO and get a bucket, right? And that's not Jaron Jackson Jr.'s game. Um, so it, it definitely was interesting. I, personally, I really like the level of physicality that's allowed in FIBA. Like, oh, it's you can, awesome. You can still have guys that get to the foul line, right? That that draw fouls, that draw genuine contact because they, you know, they, they know how to manipulate defenders and someone like Shea is still going to get to the line. Luca gets to the line, but it eliminates a lot of the, oh, you happen to bump me and I'm a little bit smaller than you and therefore I'm going to the free throw line, which may have contributed to why Jalen Brunson struggled there. Um, it is interesting to see guys get picked on a little bit defensively. Uh, Brunson, Reeves, Halliburton, all were targeted a lot on the defensive end of the court. Um, but you're right. like, Dude, oh, by the oh, way, for- on that uh, mm-hmm. on that end point real quick, like watching a guy like Franz Wagner just look so comfy in the FIBA style really shows you like the value of being a physical driver. And I thought Brunson looked pretty good on the offensive end because he... That is the kind of driver he is. But yeah, like like it, being fast is secondary in the FIBA game to being strong. Yeah. Um, and, and being skilled. Like this is a great example when, when I watch these games and these refs had issues. Let, let's be honest. So a lot of them were they're really, always bad. They're, they're, always, they're bad. always bad. It's always thin skinned. But even with, you know, inferior refs compared to what we're used to in the NBA, like the level of physicality that's allowed like, I think this is something you can allow in the NBA without resorting to, like, all-out hand-checking, right? It, like, all, all all the kind of 90s basketball stuff that, you know, every old head says, well, we, we need to get this in the game. You can allow guys to just, you know, put a body on someone, allow some physicality, make people work for buckets without going to, like, outrageous levels of contact being allowed and really restricting movement. It just honestly, like when you have this level of physicality allowed in the game, it makes it harder for just one player to be like the heliocentric, like driver of everything a team does, right? Because fatigue starts to kick in. You need to have a balanced offensive approach. You have to rely on skill, team strategy, those sort of things. I just think it's a, I think it's a better brand of basketball overall. I think it is because the players are not better. So, you know, the fact that I'm enjoying all these games so much, like, and like, obviously the stakes help a lot. Like that must be said, yeah. like S- single know, elimination, single... especially. Yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love round Robin. Like, I really love that format. I, I I'm glad that the in season tournament's going to have round Robin. I think it's like the most fair way to get through the early parts of a tournament um, and kind of at least seed with some fairness. So um, definitely enjoy that. I also, I've, I've long wondered this. I think the ball just messes with Americans. It's clearly a, it's a different kind of basketball. And even when we send shooting specialists over, they don't seem to be quite as, uh, as dominant as shooters as some of these random European dudes who just never, ever miss. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, like our op- I would love to see our open three percentage splits uh, compared to uh, compared to some of these European countries. Because it, 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 it didn't is bother stark. Dylan Brooks. That, it, that just well, shows you he's know, a pure, it, pure shooter. Uh, oh, well, I'll tell you what. It shows you that Dylan Brooks isn't so comfortable with the NBA ball. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what it really means. You know so, what? He's uh, finally got the excuse he's been looking for. He he just he just needs the FIBA ball. That that's all all he there needed. There we go. And yeah. and a closer three point line. Absolutely. So yeah, I it was uh, I I thought it was a really fun tournament. Um. You know, it, it's always cool seeing some of these guys who just thrive in that in the, that environment. You know, I mentioned Wagner, uh, Dennis Schroeder, uh, uh, Willie Hernan Gomez. You know, you get to see these guys that just really show out and play a different style and really challenge. It's fun seeing this Amer- these American teams challenge, and I'm really excited to see LeBron kind of leading the charge on getting some of these stars back. Um, uh, of course, for, you guys for, had to go with the Monstars. Like, as soon as Canada wins, you get LeBron, you get Curry, you get Kevin Durant, you get Draymond, all these guys committing to USA. I'm I'm disgusted with this, Carter. Oh, I think I think it is so good that the the, the world. Because here's what I think. I think that um, I think that in 2008, it was like we're sick of getting embarrassed. Mm. Like, so we're gonna we're gonna build a program. And this program is not going to be as good as the other programs, but our talent is so good that, you know, if our guys show up, I think that this is the next evolution of USA basketball where they've gone like, okay, so we, we did a camp. We built a team that like made sense. Theoretically, we got a bunch of high character guys who played pretty unselfishly and we still can't win. And like, I, I like the idea of the world kind of, forcing you know it, it kind of feels like the invert of of what happened in 1992 where the dream team came and kind of set the tone and made the rest of the world raise their game to come 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 meet the u.s now it's kind of the inverse where the world is continuing to push the u.s further and further and further and like it was fun like i you know i i've said it a couple world cups ago I was rooting for other teams against the U.S. because it was just so unfair. Like, the talent level that this team was running out there, you know, 2008-2012 Olympics was so outlandishly good that you're like, man, I just kind of feel like I'm... It's kind of boring to root for the U.S. Like, I watched that game, you know, like, on the on the edge of my seat, like, against Germany, uh, trying to figure out how they would be able to, you know, come back and win, so... I, I love competition. I feel like the world has thrown the gauntlet back down and it's up to the U.S. to kind of to, to pick it up and uh, answer in kind. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Yeah, and really this is part of the legacy, right? This is part of, you have to credit USA Basketball, you have to credit David Stern um, for really putting this emphasis on expanding the game globally, right? Like we see it, we, we've alluded to it before, but like we see it even with our downloads, right? They're just the, the wide range of countries and people that listen to frankly like a niche podcast like we are niche as hell we talk about the calves and we get really nitty-gritty about it um like people just genuinely love this game and you know to, to see the rest of the world develop a lot of talent for it to mean so much to all these countries and uh for you know the stars to come out for the u.s it's going to make next year's olympics very exciting and i can't wait for it I'm interested to see if any cast players end up on that team as well. And yeah. Do you think anyone makes it? Because I am skeptical. Yeah. So I, I saw that tweet which mentioned like the ideal Team USA roster, which still had Jet, <laughs> it had Josh Hart and uh, Chet Holmgren on it, which really made me laugh. Um, I would say that would not be ideal players uh, for Team USA if you're having Chet or um if you're having you know another one of those young big men i i think evan mobley uh should definitely get a nod there um i'm i'm interested because i've, I've seen people mention guys like zach levine i can't see why you wouldn't want to have donovan mitchell over zach levine especially if you're bringing in point forwards like lebron if you have someone like draymond having like that jamal murray type combo guard which is what donovan mitchell is uh that makes a lot of sense I still think Jared Allen, um, we, we know from, you know, reporting that Jared had uh, turned down the, the opportunity to play for USA with this World Cup. Uh, a lot of players did. I think it's worth noting Grant Hill mentioned um, that whether or not you play this summer isn't going to impact what you're, whether or not you're going to get considered next year for the Olympics. I think that had a big impact on the turnout and, and is a deviation from the way Team USA has operated in the past. So, like, I don't think Jaron Jackson Jr. should be a lock. I, I, I really don't think he's he should He's not be. on my team if I, I, if I get to pick. Yeah, I don't think he should be a lock moving forward because he is. Like you said, he's a dramatically worse uh, rebounder than both Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. Um, I think they're both more versatile defensively, um, especially when it comes to not fouling because as Brian Windhorst likes to say, you're only allowed four fouls in, in FIBA. Fifth gets you out. Um, but like, I, I think all of those factors have to be taken into consideration. But here's my real answer, Carter. Like, as much as I'd love to make arguments over, you know, Darius Garland over Jalen Brunson, things like that, and point to, hey, he was better in the regular season. I know Knicks won the playoff series, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I, I'm still going to stick by my guys. The real answer might be it depends on how much growth we see from this team in the regular season, right? Like we we talk about whether or not this team's going to reach its potential as an NBA team. If it does and they really show out and they have a great season, one or more of these Cavaliers are going to get consideration for Team USA. Just like Jalen Brunson had a great playoff run, raised his profile, and then got on this UST, USA team for the World Cup. So I think it's really going to come down to how they show out and also just what veterans are willing to play. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll, I'll just quickly run through my my twelve that I would I would call. Uh, I I think Steph is obviously a starting point guard. I think Devin Booker is kind of the perfect shooting guard because he can just absolutely light it up from three and go ISO only when he needs to. Uh, KD obviously is going to be a small forward. LeBron's your power forward. If they convince AD to come, I don't see a better American big. Um, I agree with now, that. Yeah. Uh, like. I think he's the best player. I think he is strong enough to 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 kind of bang with these European bigs um and has enough range to 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 you know help on offense and he's a great role man. He's just a great role man when he decides to play that way. And then Anthony bit, Davis is a top 5 player yeah, in the NBA. Yeah. Uh or he's up there, you know. Yeah. I think I I think if you're a skeptic, which I'm sometimes a skeptic, I mean his run through the postseason um really showed off how amazing he is. Uh, I love Drew Holiday on this team. I think you want to have a point of attack, just bulldog for whatever Euro guard is making your life miserable. Um, Something I really hated about this FIBA World Cup team is how many soft switches they gave up. Uh, You don't Mm -hmm. give those up with Drew Holiday. Uh, I would put Donnie uh, on the team along with Ann Edwards at at the shooting guard spot. I would invite Michael Bridges back. I thought he played really, really well um, and is a good glue guy for this team and shot the ball pretty well. Uh, and he plays alongside stars really well, which I, I think is important. Yep. Uh, Jason Tatum, I think, obviously, if if uh, he'll come off the bench, which, you know, it's getting tough, man. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum off the bench is, is rough stuff. Uh, then Bam Adebayo would be my backup vibe, but it sure seems like it's going to be Draymond Green. <laughs> and then, like... You know, I think one thing you got to remember with international balls, you only get 12, you know, like the NBA, it's like you get like 16 at this point to build a a roster. So it's like, I just don't think like when you look at Darius and Evan as kind of the next two that really make a lot of sense from a talent perspective, like Darius doesn't really do the things I think that this team needs him to needs, you know, their backup guard to do. There's Mm -hmm. so much playmaking on the floor elsewhere. And then Evan, if he gets stronger, if he, if he, you know, if the Cavs become a top 10 defensive rebounding team this this year and he answers a lot of the questions, then maybe, but he's still so young compared to all those dudes. Like, he, I just don't, if he's de- definitively better than like Bam and Draymond, maybe, but like, I just don't also don't think they're bringing three bigs. So it, it, if he's definitively better than Bam, we might have a chance to make an NBA finals. Correct. Like, and I, I just don't think he's going to be there. Yeah, like that. That's a big, big ask, and, and I, I, I completely agree. I get where you're coming from, and it's funny. Like that, to me, that just displays just how good USA basketball is. Still, like even though the rest of the world has caught up, we talked about it before. You look at rankings across all of the people that are doing summer content for rankings. The Cavs have four top ten players at their position in their starting lineup, and we think maybe one of them is going to make and, the, and the final be- twelve. And in there's stiff competition at that spot. Yeah. He very well might not get a get the right. nod. So yeah, it's nuts, man. It's nuts. And um, and by the way, I didn't even mention Kawhi uh, Leonard or Paul George. He's never, he's Kawhi's not <laughs> like, playing. Like, I know that. I know neither of them are ever going to play in the Olympics again. Or I'd be stunned if they did. But like, even those two would go ahead of of any Cavalier if they wanted to play. So mm-hmm. like, it's just it's just a bananas talented uh, basketball community right now at every level. Um. But even if all those guys play, I'm not like just I'm not writing in Sharpie that the Cavs are going to win a gold. 
Like single the elimination <laughs> basketball or Cavs. Sorry, Team USA you are going to win let's, a gold. Let's let USA go without any Cavs and let's just roll the Cavs out there yeah. in the Olympics. I'm here yeah, for that. Yeah, just throw them in there. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not, you know, putting a Team USA gold medal in Sharpie just because I think the talent level is now at a point, especially if like all, you know, like if Wimanyama is playing, if, if Jokic is playing, all these guys, if, if everyone's bringing their, their best, the talent level is net that at that point at a level where anyone can win any individual game. Yeah. And like, you're going to have to just play, you know, four great games in a row. And like, you might not. Yeah. Single elimination is tough, but there's no denying how outstanding Team USA is. Just like Zoom is the most outstanding of the video conferencing softwares. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. Half a million businesses connect using Zoom, a single platform for phone, chat, workspaces, events, apps, and video. Zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe. Zoom, how the world connects. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Carter, we talked about Tristan Thompson earlier in the podcast about how we don't really see him being part of the rotation. And I want to talk a little bit about the rotation and just what we want to see from this team um, this season. It's funny, man. Like, we're middle of September. Training camp's going to be here in two weeks. Uh, I saw the Cavs posted today, 45 days until the first home game. Like, this is getting right around the corner, and we got to start, you know, firing up the engines and getting into preview mode. And one of the things that we talked about a little bit in the mailbag, but didn't go into depth with, was the changes we want to see in the offense. Things, indicators that, you know, the regular season success is going to be more likely to translate to the playoffs. And that's a tough thing, man. Like, because the Cavs were a phenomenal team last year in the regular season, and it's going to be more subtle changes. But I, I want you to kind of... Go over some of the your thoughts of what you would like to see from the team next year that that would give you a, a higher level of confidence uh, that it's going to translate to the playoffs. You know it, that's tough for me because I really did like a lot of what they did schematically. I really liked the way they weaponized their 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 backcourt. Um, you know, I think that 
Uh, I, I liked all the split cut action kind of using um, Mobley as, as, as a hub. And, um, you know, I, what I'm interested to see is how much running back what they did schematically meaningfully changes, you know, like the different looks they get with different personnel. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, something that I've kind of been, that's been rattling around my brain is, you know, a lot of times, Justin, you've talked about how, you know, the cab, you know, you'll look at uh, Max Struess's, uh, you know, openness percentile, and he's <laughs> the fourth percentile in openness. And you look at the Cavs and the threes they took, and they were like the 97th percent openness. And yeah. I'm wondering how much of that is a byproduct of the Cavs were running good offense versus the Cavs had players who did not warrant guarding, you know, huh. because that like what yeah. I'm very interested to get a sense of is like, the Cavs shot quality metrics are quite good, you yeah. know? Um, like, when they take threes, they're typically really good looks. And, like, what I'm curious about is if the Cavs shot quality metrics stay as good, if they continue to generate shots at, uh, you know, with the expected outcome that they did last season, but with guys who can shoot, like, their offense is bananas. You know, they yeah. were a top-10 offense last year. Like, their offense would be bananas. And what I'm really interested to see is, like, just by adding guys who shoot when they're not wide open uh, or guys who shoot like Struess who are flying off off picks, um, like, how much is that going to meaningfully change the way we feel about how their offense looks? Like, like will they take tougher shots, but that opens up different, easier ones for different players? Mm. Like... I, I, I'm not sure how it's going to impact because I don't know how much schematically you have to do different, I guess is what I'm saying, if guys are just taking different opportunities within those schematics. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And especially when you talk about three-point quality, I definitely think, you know, the the way that defenses treated guys like Jetty Osmond, um, uh, Isaac Okoro, like they left them very wide open. And even though Jetty can get hot, and honestly, I, I think, like, in retrospect, I think Cavs fans have been too harsh on Jetty. Like, I, I think you have to have an understanding of what, you know, a, a bench role player is, uh, at least an average one is in the NBA. And I, I think Jetty is someone that can contribute to a good team. But they weren't being guarded that closely in comparison. But if you want to talk about was it scheme or was it basically disrespect from the defense? I think when you look at it by zone, I think that there's a lot of indications that this was a healthy offense and this was an offense that benefited also from very high playmaking and uh, high shot creation quality, right? And that was one of the things that we kind of got laughed at a little bit in the offseason when we were talking about like the backup point guard position. We were saying, you know, there's a lot of good playmakers here that can make up basically the the presence of a backup point guard. You have Karis LeVert that is such a good playmaker. You have Evan Mobley, who's a good passer for a big. You have Jared Allen. Would you guess how many points uh, per game Jared Allen creates off of assists? Uh, five? It's four and a half, which, you know, a lot of that is three-point shot creation. He's only averages 1.7 assists per game. But, you know, he at least really grew. Like, one of the, one of the areas that I thought he grew last season was his passing in the short role. And that's something that I'd like to see them continue to develop, especially when they stagger, but you look at it by zone and the cash shock creation quality was just nuts. Like 
three-point shot quality. Uh, the only teams that were better were Chicago, OKC, the Lakers, and Sacramento. Rim shot quality. The only teams that were better were Denver and Atlanta. Uh, catch and shoot three-point shot quality. Only team better was Chicago. Overall shot quality. The only teams better were Golden State and Boston. Half-court shot quality. Golden State, Boston, Utah, Dallas were the only teams better. And they were the number one team in pass creation quality. Um, these stats are via uh, B-ball index. Like, those are all synergy stats that say the Cavs are getting good looks in a lot of areas. And it's encouraging on the one hand, and it's almost, it makes me a little nervous on the other, because I do think, you know, you add very good shooters that are going to fit what the Cavs already do well in Max Drews and George Niang. And I think it would be very easy to just run back exactly what you did last year. And it's going to look so much better because everybody, you know, all the young guys, you assume they're going to improve. Things are going to be easier for them because of the spacing. And, you know, maybe that is enough um, to move the needle in a series against the Knicks. But when you talk about like the optimized version of this team, um, three years from now, let's say, like the very best version of it. I think if you don't start really working on some developmental reps and differentiating what you're doing offensively with some of these guys, you're not going to get there in three years. Like you need to start seeing those steps in the right direction year one. And I guess the interesting question becomes, well, what specifically are those steps? How, as a podcast, how are we best able to analyze that? Yeah, well, I did want to kind of talk real quick about, you know, you, you kind of referenced like kind of some of those shot quality metrics and uh, uh, kind of those those positions on the court. And one thing I that I really wanted to add to that was it does match, in my opinion, a team that kind of let perfect on offense be the enemy of good, you mm -hmm. know, like they're like, if we're not wide open, if we didn't generate an awesome look, we ain't shooting. Yeah. You know, and like, I think in the regular season, you can work for that uh, and you can work for that and you can work for that. And, you know, you look at their, their, you know, moribund uh, pace in the half court uh, and, uh, and you can say, okay, that, that, that tracks. And then you kind of realize that, you know, perfect as the enemy of good in the postseason is what killed you and why you had this horrific offense. So like, I do think that I, I, for me, I'm actually kind of geeked if their metrics start looking a little worse on shot quality because that means they were a team that said that relied more on their talent level that I mm -hmm. believe they have to uh to kind of like great teams have to take bad shots, you know? Yeah. Like or 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 take and make shots that are a little higher degree of difficulty. So yeah, if Darius takes three more pull-up 27 footers a, a game next year guess what metric is going to look a little worse uh if if max Struess is is taking some crazy you know full sprint baseline to baseline corner threes coming off coming off of uh come coming off of flare screens yeah it's gonna it's gonna look worse but i think the Cavs offense will probably be healthier for it but again those aren't schematic changes yeah. those are just players playing differently and like that's, you know, that's, uh, you know, much like uh, our guest Seth Partner said, it's not always about the X's and O's, it's about the Jimmy's and Joe's. And, uh, and, and like, that's kind of where, where I'm at with this offense. Like, again, I just don't think they ran bad stuff or stuff that, like, I don't, I don't, I didn't see a part of their offense that where I was like, 
okay, schematically, I would like more Evan Mobley high high post hub stuff. Like, yeah, it was there. Like, I thought he did fine in those touches. I don't need to completely break from like letting Darius and Donnie run the offense yeah. to like wildly feature more Evan Mobley at the high post. I just want to see them do what they did, but better. Uh, and then, then when you run it with personnel that actually makes sense, then you can add some tweaks and some counters from, from there. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Yeah, and you know what? with the personnel changing, it is going to open up options, right? Like, I, I think that might be one of the things we look at more because, you know, when it's Lamar Stevens coming in off the bench, it's not like this is opening up, like, a new route tree of options offensively, oh, right? Oh, I like that. That's, that, that's, a, that's a good way to frame it. Like, it, it, there's just, it's a different team makeup, and I'm going to be really interested. Like, especially we talk about Isaac Okoro coming in off the bench. When he's with the starting lineup, as much as I don't love Isaac like being stuck in the corner, there's not a lot of options when it's Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Garland, and Mitchell there, right? Like he, someone needs to be that corner shooter. Whereas now if he's coming in off the bench, okay, maybe you're running a strong side action with Darius Struess and Mobley. You have George Niang in the corner as a shooter, and then Okoro's doing a 45 cut on, off ball, right? to draw the defender uh, that, that's in the paint, get his attention, maybe force a, a switch or a miscommunication. That's going to make those split cuts that were already so effective, that's going to make it even better, right? Like you're giving another option there. Like I, I'm interested to see that kind of stuff. And I really would like to see, um, you know, continuing to develop Mobley as a playmaker. I'd like to see Allen, you know, continue to be used in those ways. Like when you have... Like, I, I think one of the things we learned last year is that when you're staggering the guards and bigs, Garland and Mobley, Donnie and, and Allen are the best versions of that. They that they just have the best chemistry with one another. Obviously, Allen's not going to be doing the same kind of high, co uh, high post, like, playmaking that Evan Mobley's going to be doing. But you can run some stuff through him. You can have him make some reads there. And I think... I think giving, his reads get easier when uh, Niang is out there. And, right. And Struess are out there. 
right he, he's going to have easier reads there's going to be talent that makes more sense around him and I think those reps are really important because as much as we focus on Evan Mobley's development in those spots if Mobley picks up two fouls early in a playoff game you're, you're getting a rough whistle all of a sudden who's that outlet who's that guy that's going to break the pressure for the guards right like you want to have Jared Allen having those reps in the regular season so that he's ready to step up in those moments in the playoffs. That's the kind of stuff that at least I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to be looking forward to, can Max Truce provide a little bit of playmaking there? Can George Niang provide playmaking? Like basically more guys that are able to either on a possession or two be primary initiators or provide secondary playmaking uh, that makes it easier for Garland and Mitchell to maybe spot up for a possession or two. Yeah, man, it's, it's going to be like, it, it's just going to be so interesting figuring out, you know, causation versus correlation. That's going to be kind of my, 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 my theme for the season is like how much of this stuff is just, you know, the, the spot where, you know, you mentioned that Isaac 45 cut, like, where he runs smack dab into a defender's chest versus <laughs> where, you know, la- last year where it's like that guy is three steps further away. Yep. Um, and I, I, again, I continue to think that guys like Tristan, like, or I'm sorry, Tristan, huh? he's, he's in my head. Uh, guys like Isaac, um, uh, guys like Karis, like, are just going to benefit so much from the different personnel and it's going to really change the way they play. And like, we're not going to know if that's a schematic change or not. We're just not, you know, like we don't have that level of insight into like what the coaching staff is talking about. Something I was meaning to ask you is who benefits the most from the additions of Niang uh, and, uh, and Struess on the, that on the existing roster, who is a player, not from a, ruling out the minutes thing because obviously like you know you could say evan mobley is going to benefit them or darius is going to benefit the most but like just just in terms of when they're on the floor and one or both those guys are out there whose game looks the easiest with it with those two uh on the floor well, looks the easiest is probably different than benefits the most because I, well, I, I okay yeah, then, then yeah, let, I, I, let's like, say benefits the most let's yeah. make it clean I, I think it's Evan Mobley. Like, I, I think it's going to open things up for him and he's going to be able to better showcase where he's at offensively, right? Like, he's the, the biggest thing I want to see from him is getting better on the keep, right? Like, his scoring uh, from the top of the key in. But I just think the, the additional spacing there is going to make the reads easier and it's going to be easier for us to assess whether or not he's making the right decision because when it's congested, it just looks like chaos out there sometimes, right? And it's harder to properly assess what he's doing. And I, I think just having more clean film, having guys that are in position all the time is going to make a big difference because like I talked about, you know, uh, Lamar coming in, not really changing what they're able to do offensively. Jetty, as much as I- He kind of did. Yeah, like a Jet, well, Jetty, as much as, you know, I say he gets unfairly flacked, he wasn't always where he needed to be, whether that was the <laughs> offensive or defensive end. He was not great at, you know, the off ball positioning. I'm going to get into this passing lane so that this read is very clear for who the playmaker is going to be. Max Struess and George Niang are very used to playing in very structured offenses, being where they need to be. 
And I, I think no, that, that second nature of, I know where everybody's going to be on the court is so important for playmakers like Darius, like Evan, like Donovan. I just think that that leads to a offense that is going to perform better when it's stress test. When, when, you know, when you're tired, when defense is throwing at you and you just need to know where that outlet is. The fact that Max Struess and George Niang are going to be in the correct spots every single time, I think really makes a big difference. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I will say, uh, I kind of have two answers to that question. I think it is, I think... Look at you being uh, long-winded. Answer, who'd, I, who'd have thunk one of us being uh, long-winded? I know. <laughs> I know. My, I, and I kind of broke it into star, versus, star and role player. So okay. core versus role player. And I think the core member... I'm actually going with Donovan Mitchell um, because you looked at the fact that when Darius was off the floor um, and, and and Donovan was on, the offense really suffered. Um, yeah. that, that's one of the bigger um, you know on-off differentials that you could look at offensively where they were really great together. It was pretty good with Darius, no Donnie. The offense was not that good with Donnie, no Darius. Yeah. And it's because of the fact that I think Darius could paper over the lack of shooting by being such an elite playmaker uh, and passer, whereas Donovan is still more... He's not a point guard. He's just not. Yeah. He is a make-the-one-or-two-reads-that-are-you-know-in-front-of-me kind of guy. And I don't think the Cavs made his life very easy when Darius was off the floor um, last season. And I think those guys... He made a lot of tough floor, shots in those spots. Like I like one of my most used lineups is going to be Donovan Mitchell, maybe Isaac Okoro, Max Struess, George Niang, Jared Allen. I'm playing a lot of Struess, Niang, Allen with Donovan Mitchell. In you know, depending on the context, I'll swap that fifth in with either Karras or uh, or, or Isaac. Yeah, um, I, and, I do really like Isaac at like shooting guard when Yang's at the four because I, I think yes. if you're giving up some interior defense, you want to have that improved point of attack defense from Isaac. Sure. So like that's that that's uh, I, I think that he's just giving him simple uh, reads. Like he was a one man offense in Utah. Like he could be the one creator on the floor, and you could have an elite offense with him on the floor, but it's because you had a ton of spacers and an elite role threat. The Cavs can replicate that without it being the entire thing the ship is made out of, uh, which I think bodes really well. And then my role player answer is Karis LeVert uh, mm. for all of the exact same reasons. <laughs> I, I think, I think Karis, uh, Karis like was playing, especially when both the guards were sitting, was playing in a phone booth uh, as the lead creator. And I think he's another guy whose playmaking metrics serve him very, very well. And uh, I think one of the reasons we saw his mid-range game suffer so much is he just constantly had two or three bodies in his face uh, every time he would pull. So I, I think Karras and Donovan, both of our, you know, our B playmakers mm -hmm. will look more like B plus A minus playmakers uh, with the context that those two guys provide him. I, I think that's a really smart observation. Like, I, I completely agree with that. I'm really interested to see what those Donovan and, and Allen minutes look like. Um, there, there's just more guys to make those lineups make sense. What we, we talked about what we're looking forward to, but what, what's a question that you have when, when it comes to 
what this team's going to look like, or either from an identity standpoint, from a schematic standpoint. We're we're near the end of the podcast. Oh, so, uh, so I want to keep talking basketball. Well, I know, I know, but I, I'm going to sneak a little bit of pessimism in. Okay, uh, and and I think this is the right time to do it because we're near the end. So okay, I, I thought you were I'll, telling me you didn't want to discuss this at all. So, so I'll, I got so all of our listeners. Yeah, may, may, like the, the lowest percentage of our listeners are going to hear this little talk, thing. Talk real quiet. Let's uh, go ASMR with the uh, with the I don't bad know news. if you've noticed. I've just been gently dropping low and lower. What if Donnie has a bad a regression year? I think we're all kind of assuming that he's just going to do what he did with better spacing and and be as good, if not better. And he had such a banana season last year that, like, if he's like, I think. I, in some ways, I've been thinking about the fact that I think they actually might need the spacing ju- juice that Struess and Yang provide, if not just to offset some regression to the mean for our boy Donovan Mitchell. Your thoughts? I don't think it's impossible. Like, it, it was the most efficient season of his career, so you always have to... Buy a of- lot! Yeah, you always have to be mindful of that, as much as I like to attribute it, that to, it, you know... And it wasn't lower Darius. volume. Wasn't but, lower volume, by the way. Yeah. It was high, like high volume, high efficiency, with worse spacing. Like, yeah, I, I think if you have like let, let's say a little bit worse sh- uh, shot luck, right? Like, which happens uh, with, with shooters and whatnot, that could certainly happen. I, I think you'd be hoping that it gets offset with you know Darius continuing to improve, with Mobley and continuing to improve, better role players and all that kind of stuff, like. I don't think it would actually have a massive impact on their overall offense. Um, but it, I, I don't think it would necessarily be the end of the world. I think it's a, a it's a realistic possibility. And, you know, if he does have some struggles, sometimes you figure stuff out in that process, right? Like maybe he's contributing in other ways. The defensive effort comes up because he's not being tasked with that as much offensively. Uh, maybe that you know empowers Darius or and Mobley uh, to to do more on the offensive end, and it, you know just because you had a great regular season doesn't mean you're going to have a great playoffs. I mean, we we certainly saw that with Donovan last year as well. So um, I I think if there's a little bit of a regression in terms of how many shots he makes, it's not necessarily the end of the world. But I would like to at least see. Like, if the process is the same, like, if he's still going out there and he's still playing hard, he's still committed, uh, you know, to, to every single game like he was last year, I'm going to be very fine with that because I, I, yeah. think, I think we can make up for it in the aggregate, but I, I think that that is a very, very fair possibility to bring up. Like, I love attributing his him having his most efficient season to, to playing with the two bigs, to playing with Darius, who, who makes everyone's life easier. I love the fact that every time we bring in a player, I can always just go, well, you know, they've never really played with a playmaker like Darius before. So I think we can just assume that they're going to play better. Like, that's a luxury I love having as an arrogant podcast host. But I I do think that that, that's certainly possible. And, you know, maybe there's some uh, regression with Karras when it comes to his three-point shooting, right? Like, that was the best year of his career. Maybe he makes up for that with you know, more career norm finishing at the rim and mid range that like there's yeah. different ways that you can make that up. But I, I think it's a fair thing to point out. Yeah. And I just think like, I think my hope for Donovan is like, you know, we saw that, you know, we talked about the way that a guy like Max Truce might lower the Cavs expected shot quality, you know, uh, metrics. I kind of hope that 
Donovan can absorb that regression by just getting better shots and cleaner shots with more with more room uh to operate and in cleaner reads you know because like again you just look at every stat almost across the board except assists they all went up you know Mm -hmm. uh the percentages were high the volume was high and like i just think we need to count on maybe some of those going down or like you know maybe his contested three-point percentage gets a little you know regresses a little bit but i think there's plenty i think that you know you mentioned like i don't think a regression would have a huge impact on the Cavs overall offense this year i think it would have last year i think there Mm. were a lot of games where the Cavs were like um please donovan just be good at basketball um yeah he bailed them out a lot completely agree and he was able to do that um uh you know i think their worst stretch of the year was january uh where guess what donovan shot his worst percentage from the field and from three uh, all season uh, I think that yeah, was think no that was accident. His worst month too. They, yeah. they were banged up that month, if I recall correctly. Yep. So no accident that uh, that the team performed worse on worst on offense when uh, Donovan was having kind of his worst uh, worst stretch of the year. So uh, I, I I think that um uh I I think it's just a thing to keep an eye on. I think that's why I'm so glad that they made these moves because I think they can just accommodate a lot more. Completely agree. Really fair thing to bring up. And uh, you know what? I'm just, I just keep getting more and more excited. I can't oh, wait dude, to act- So exciting. I can't wait to actually break down games. Like the, the, the fact that I was missing Cavs basketball enough to watch that next series again, like that's, I should never be in this position. Let's, no. let's, let's just speed through these next few weeks and, and get to it. But big thanks to everyone uh, that tuned in live on YouTube. We really do appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, we will continue to podcast once a week, and then soon it'll be twice a week again, Carter. I'm looking forward to two podcasts a week. Once we actually we have back? things to talk about, then I'm down for two podcasts a week. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. I can't wait. Um, if you're watching on YouTube and you want to support us, make sure you like and subscribe. Click notification bell so you know when we're going live. If you're listening via podcast, leave us a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of Chase Down's exclusive Discord chat, send a screenshot of the review to chasedownpod at gmail.com. However you choose to support us, we really do appreciate it. Make sure you're staying safe out there. And until next time, welcome back, Tristan Thompson, and go Cavs. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. 
Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at zerofoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 